In this episode, we do a deep dive into jealousy and insecurity. Are they the same thing? My name is Mercedes Corona. And I am Justin Sinceri. We are licensed marriage and family therapists and your fellow trauma nerds helping you understand and apply the science of connection to daily life. Welcome to episode 36 of the Polyvagal Podcast. For the Polyvagal Podcast super fans out there, we've got announcements, a homework assignment, and a very touching very awesome story from one of your fellow super fans for you after the episode main topic. But before we get things started, we want to make sure that you put yourself first. We try and keep every episode as safe as we can, but just by the nature of the topics, you may experience some stuff come up. So take a break if you need to, and we will be right here for you when you're ready. The topic in this episode is jealousy and insecurity. Are they the same thing? This is a question that someone um, sent to me in DM. I thought it was a really interesting question and was worth taking a look at. So Mercedes is going to teach us about jealousy. I am going to talk about insecurity. We don't know what we're going to say. This will be this will be fun. So Mercedes, tell me about jealousy. Before I really go into jealousy, I just want to say I super nerded out on this and I got really into it. So it might be too long. Just cut me off when you need to. Um, so what is it? I looked up jealousy. I looked up several different definitions, but I decided that the best one is my own definition. And my definition, that's the best one. Okay. We're off to a good start. (laughs) And I I called it Mercedes's definition. My definition of jealousy is wanting something you don't have and the displeasure associated to that. And I want to make sure and emphasize that last part because I, again... I super nerded out on this and I spent like an hour and a half just looking stuff up. And a lot of the the um, discrepancies between jealousy and envy, for example, is that envy is wanting something you don't have. But that's it. So, for example, I want a really cool, awesome beard like Justin's, (laughs) but I don't have any displeasure about it. You know, I'm just going to... (laughs) Grow a beard. That's a terrible example. That's funny. I'm just going to grow a beard. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I envy Justin's beard because it's so awesome, but I don't have any displeasing or like negative feelings about it. And so that's the difference between envy and jealousy. Wait, so envy is envy is you want something. Jealousy is you want something, but it causes you like significant. There's some displeasure, displeasure? associated to it. Yeah. Really? Is that the actual definition or is that a Mercedes definition? That's that's a Mercedes definition and here's why. Because this is the next part of my <laughs> I'm just really self-conscious like I super nerded out. This is the next part of my outline. There were all these words, these feeling words that came up when I was looking all these different looking up all the definitions of jealousy so in like Webster's and Oxford Dictionary and what you know whatever dictionary.com all these different places. So here's all these words that were in the actual definition from different places. Resentment towards another person. Suspicion, obviously. Envy. Envy was in there. Fearfulness. Feeling troubled. Feeling vigilant. And so this is pertinent to maintaining or guarding something. Uh, Feeling protective. Intolerant. Hostility, like toward a rival. It's like, so when you're jealous of a rival. Like if we were having a beard growing contest and you just had the better one and and you're my rival for it. Right, right. <laughs> There's hostility there. Unhappiness, anger, and rage. I clumped those two together. And then humiliation. So all these separate feeling words were all part of different um, dictionary 
definitions of jealousy. And I just, I found that really fascinating that jealousy is like this really wide spanning feeling. Yeah. And it sucks. It's, like I, the feeling, it's, it sucks to feel. I see why you're separating envy specifically from the rest of it. There's a lot there. And then and I'm thinking there of like is. jealous partners or jealous spouses where it's not a thing that they want, but it's all the emotional stuff that goes along with it. Yeah. And so that was the other thing because I, when I hear jealous, the word jealous or, or thoughts of jealousy, I automatically jump to partners, spouses, mm-hmm. right? A couple. But there's, there's definitely relational jealousy and material jealousy. So material jealousy being, you know, I want something versus jealousy within a relationship. So obviously we're going to talk more about relational jealousy. This is, this is something that I found interesting as I was doing the research for this. So there's an argument that jealousy is a necessary emotion. And that's, that's an argument from an evolutionary perspective. And so the reasoning is that jealousy as an emotion preserves social bonds. So jealousy, the feeling will trigger, theoretically, it will trigger you to, to understand that there is a problem within this relationship, whatever that relationship is. And so then it, it motivates people to engage in behaviors, in, in more pro-social behaviors to maintain important relationships. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't like I don't, that. I don't buy that at all. I don't, I don't like it. It doesn't make sense to me because it sounds that's like not someone who I... had a lot of jealousy problems rationalized their jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're an evolutionary, you know, psychologist or whatever thing. And now I get to say, no. <laughs> I don't buy that at all. I don't like that. No. Um, so a couple of the articles I read actually talked about jealousy being an emotion that comes from a place of love. I, I don't think that jealousy can come from a place of love. I think it really comes from a place of insecurity, which I know you're going to talk about next. And so that insecurity stuff is what's going to lead to unhealthy attachments with people, unhealthy relationships. First off, I, I agree with you. Like, it's weird. Maybe that's judgmental, but I think it's kind of odd to think that jealousy is a component of love. That does not make sense to me whatsoever. You can love someone without being jealous. So it's not a necessary component of love whatsoever. I think you can love someone and still be jealous, I guess, because jealousy is not about the other person. It's about you, right? Like it's your own stuff that you bring into the relationship. I also think you don't have to be in love either. So I'm not sure if that's what you're saying. Oh, no, no, you don't have to. You don't have to be in love to be jealous. You, You could identify it as love, but it might not actually be a true feeling of love. It might just be jealousy. People may have this misconception that if they're love interest is jealous of them hanging out with or being friends with someone else, right? That that jealousy means they really care about them or really love them. But I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I think to me it seems like jealousy is that person simply insecure. And if you're hanging out with someone else, that's not about love. It's about their insecurity, which I'm going to go into, but that's more about their own stuff that they're bringing into the relationship. I think there are times that people misread jealousy and the feeling of jealousy as being a bond that equals love, but it's not necessarily. And I think, I think that's a really dangerous, it's a really dangerous place to start a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship or any, any sort of relationship that you have. That's a dangerous place because if you're misinterpreting that as love, then that can just lead down a whole rabbit hole of all sorts of awful stuff. So yeah, I, I agree it comes from a place of insecurity first. 
do you think that jealousy and like ownership kind of go together or jealousy and like having the other person all to yourself in a way? I think so. I I don't think 100% of the time, but I think there are definitely people or situations in which jealousy is more or less equivalent to possessiveness. Like they want you all to themselves. Like you, you are can't, mine. You you're right. my friend. You're my boyfriend or whatever the thing. And that's not love. That's not that's necessarily. Not. That's, that's not love. It's just not love. No. That's um, possessiveness. That's controlling. That's, that's not a healthy part of a relationship to me. Not at all. It might be red flag. Some might call that a red flag of... I think I'm going to go know. ahead and say yes. It's a giant red flag. Yeah, really what it feels like to me is that the jealousy is possessing you as a person, but you're not a thing. You're not an object. You're not, you cannot be owned. So are you okay with that? And if not, yeah, that's a red flag there. I think that just goes back to what we were saying at the beginning is, is my definition of jealousy is wanting something you don't have and then the displeasure about it. I think I can look back at relationships and and not just romantic relationships, but, you know, friendships and professional ones and and sibling stuff, family stuff. I can look back and think about times that I was jealous and I was definitely in an insecure place and vice versa. Times when things went, you know, south or, you know, took a nosedive, but I I wasn't in a fairly safe and social place. There wasn't jealousy associated to that. Well, here's a curveball for you. Do you think you can be jealous about things that you're not insecure about? I don't think you can be jealous of something that you're not insecure about. Because then it just doesn't fall into... Like, jealousy is a feeling that will not fall into the realm of of your feelings. It just won't arise. So, like, if you're jealous about your spouse's um, professional opportunities that might reflect your own insecurity about your own level of achievement... Where do you think, I, I was really thinking about like, where would someone fall on the ladder if they're jealous? Flight, fight, or shutdown? I, I really think it falls into the the mobilization state, the, the flight or fight state. And here's why. Because if you're jealous, I think, I think it, can, it can translate into a couple different things. So either it's a flight mode thing where you're either escaping from a truth about yourself that you don't want to face. Or avoiding, you know, avoiding a truth about yourself that you don't want to face. Or it's a fight mode type of a thing where you're attacking the other person. And I don't mean physically attack. I mean, that could that could be part of it. But I don't necess- necessarily mean physically attacking. But, you know, oh my gosh, look at that man's full head of hair. Like, I'm so mad at you and you're such an awful person Jerk. because you have lustrous, luxurious hair. You know, it's you're attacking the other person likely verbally. But there's that energy there. There is that. Yeah, you're right. I don't think it can be associated to shutdown because jealous just feels like a feeling that's just more active. I, I, I can't see a person feeling jealous in a collapsed state. It's more active than that. No, I think when you're in a shutdown place, it's more like you don't feel like you deserve those things in the first place or that you won't ever achieve them or what's, what's the point in trying and you've sold me. That mm-hmm. makes sense. But, but yeah, it falls away from jealousy and then becomes worthlessness or... Insecurity. That brings us to insecurity. First, we got to talk about what it is. It is uh, the definition that I found online is that it's uncertainty or anxiety about oneself or a lack of confidence. And number two, the state of being open to danger or threat, like a uh, or lack of protection. So it's like you're vulnerable, like completely open and vulnerable. You're open to danger or threat. And I'm just picturing like 
um, a, a prey animal just like belly up, like surrendering. But it's what the what I got from this is that it's really not feeling good enough about yourself intrinsically, like you as a person, about the self, about your value as an individual. Um, that it's just not good enough, and that others are better than you or can achieve more than you. Um, kind of like a competitive thing, but you're already defeated. So I think this is more of a shutdown thing. I think with like when you said with jealousy, it's this aggressive energy, but with insecurity, it's kind of there but it's already like well i'm just not good enough and and it's an evaluation of your self-worth or what you think that you can accomplish but it's all just sort of negative expectations and that this insecurity this feeling of um, not being enough stops you from moving forward before making any more attempts and i think like jealousy can actually maybe can drive you which maybe was the argument that person was making about evolution it could be a motivator to go achieve something being jealous not, I don't think this solves the jealousy issue, but I think with insecurity that the insecurity can actually stop you from moving forward and from making any further attempts on uh, whatever it is you might want to do. And I see this as being connected to being in a shutdown state. I think it's go hand in hand. I think that the feeling of insecurity or the look of it is very folded, collapsed inward, uh, very small. It's uh, and to me, that's the physical representation of the emotion of insecurity do you agree with that does that kind of make sense that's exactly what goes in my mind all of that all of that jives for me i think that insecurity is normal to feel sometimes like for all of us i think at some point in our life we feel insecure about something not necessarily jealous but just insecure like we're not doing good enough we're not good enough such as like putting yourself out there for a new job or doing a job interview uh, new opportunities like starting a podcast. I know when I, when I started this, there was some insecurity there. I don't know about you. When you jumped on in episode 10, was there any insecurity there for you? Of course. I mean, how many times have we talked about this? There was insecurity that stopped me from joining episodes one through nine. There yeah. you go. Yeah, there you go. So it stops you from, from moving forward. So I had some insecurities, but at that point, I knew myself well enough to just kind of plow through it. And that's that worked out for me. And... I think putting yourself out there in front of your peers, like we're doing right now with the podcast or on, with a live stream, like that's, uh, I still have some insecurities about that. There's people listening to us that either work with us or our, our <laughs> peers as therapists on some level. There's, uh, there's some insecurity about there putting ourselves out there in front of people. Whether we know or not doesn't really matter, huh? There's just still insecurity there. It, it doesn't because you're right. As you're saying that, I, I can think about every single time that Especially on Instagram, if I get a new follower who part of their name is MFT or LCSW or, you know, they're identifying themselves as a fellow clinician of some sort, I'm automatically in that insecure place like, oh my gosh, you know, did I say something wrong? Did they notice something? Did I, you know, do they know more than I do? That kind of stuff. That's hit me recently that I've realized. Has how it? many Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like I've realized recently how many people listen that are other therapists and like, oh my God, are we doing a good enough job? <laughs> you know, and is, is this making sense? Are there any errors? Oh my God, do we do we talk about trauma in enough detail and are we adding value to what they're doing already or are they picking it apart yeah. and uh, you know? Yeah. I had a, a moment. So when I first started this, I was pretty darn insecure. In my mind, I had this very clear example of my insecurity coming to life and what that would look like. And it was, so I started the podcast and in my mind, someone who was a somatic experiencing practitioner 
would listen to it and be like, no, you're full of it. You've got it wrong, right? <laughs> That's That was the image I had. It was a very specific thing, right? I would get an email from mm-hmm. from an SE practitioner saying, nope, and they would call me out, right? Even though, even though we're yeah. not doing like SE stuff, but we, it comes up a lot. Yeah. So that came true though. That my insecurity, the image of my insecurity came true. And I actually got an email from someone saying, that I was basically wrong and, you know, what was my background and really kind of questioning me. And I wrote back to him very politely and I said, well, I'm a licensed therapist. And if I got something wrong, like, please let me know. I want to correct it. And he, so it was very polite and cordial. And he wrote back saying, ah, you know what? I'm just, I get upset about blah, blah, blah. And you didn't do it. I can't, I can't identify anything you did wrong. You're doing a great job. And he was actually really supportive. So whatever. Wow. Yeah. It worked out really well, but my nightmare (laughs) Came true. Came true. For, yeah, luckily I handled it well, and it was a very pleasant exchange. But um, but I, it was this like, oh my god, it's happening, and this feeling of like wanting to just like crumble inward. You know what I mean? Like it, it was yeah. totally happening. But that's that, so that's scary. it was. But that's the physical representation of um. I think of the of the feeling of insecurity is that collapsed and folded, shut down sort of thing. And but I, I do think this is normal on some level for all of us to feel like with new stuff, like I said, or putting yourself out there in front of your peers. But I think it might be more common. I think insecurity might be more common for those who are existing in more of a shutdown place. Uh, this so like, I think day to day it's normal for everyone, like I said, but we can experience it, plow through it, or we can experience it, notice it and deal with it, cope with it. But if you're in more of a shutdown place, it might be a chronic feeling of, and in and, and in many contexts, this chronic feeling all the time of being less than or not good enough or being a failure. And this would this would you'd feel this way like as a parent, as an employee, as a spouse. If you think about your future and what that might look like for you, just these negative expectations uh, that are just a failure or not being good enough or being called out or all these just negative expectations. I don't think the insecurity causes the state. I think it's a reflection of the shutdown state. I think that it's, um, I'll say a symptom of it. I don't like saying that, but it's really the experience. I think part of the experience of being in a chronic shutdown state, it's, it's kind of like the daily experience of the shutdown state. Are you saying that if someone is, is in a shutdown state less frequently, then they are less likely to feel insecure? Um, yeah, if you can go into shutdown and come out of it, I think you're less likely to feel insecurity chronically or as intensely. But if you're chronically in a shutdown state, I think insecurity is going to come right along with that every step of the way. That makes sense. Yeah. So my last kind of note here is that like this is obviously going to have an impact on daily functioning and on future prospects. But like daily functioning, feeling like you're not good enough is going to affect your job. It's going to affect your schooling. It's going to affect your motivation to do better in school. If you're jealous of something, like we said earlier, or envious, that might motivate you to go and accomplish something. But if you feel insecure about what your worth or what your value is, that's it's a it's a huge obstacle to overcome when you walk into school or when you walk into your job or when you think about how much you hate your job and you want to leave but you're so insecure about yourself in your role as a worker, that's going to really affect your ability to find a new job, right? To to even muster the courage to apply to a new job. So the daily functioning, but also your future prospects in life um, you're not going to try for more challenging work or schooling or 
whatever it is, adventures in life. <laughs> you're you're not going to adventures. Adventures. You're not going to like seek out more challenges and that's going to affect your potential for personal growth. So it's like you're in the shutdown state and you feel this deep insecurity, which is going to prevent you from doing things that are going to help you get out of your shutdown state. And I think that being successful in life and finding successes, even if it's like turning in a homework assignment or having a positive interaction with someone at work, that these little successes can help someone come out of their shutdown place. Like they have to build up, obviously. But if you, if this insecurity stops you from doing that, you're going to have less growth personally, academically, professionally, and really kind of keep you in your shutdown place. So I think that uh, the insecurity is a key part of shutdown and it really is key, I think, in keeping you in a shutdown place as well. Definitely. It's definitely sounding like a self-sustaining cycle. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of thinking about the implications of insecurity in other like major feelings, things like hopelessness and you know, what we call depression and et cetera, et cetera. Just, I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, I'd have to really think about it, but I'm wondering if insecurity really has a hand in, I don't want to say all of that stuff, but it just seems like the way that you've explained it, it seems like insecurity has such a huge connection to the shutdown state. Oh, it does. But I think, like you said, hopelessness, I think that in particular, absolutely. And that, and that hopelessness, helplessness, insecurity all have these are the daily experiences of being in shutdown or of depression well we yeah what we call depression yeah it does sound pretty darn hopeless when you kind of break it down the way i did huh it does it really does (laughs) (laughs) yeah you've explained it really well is the thing (laughs) are jealousy and insecurity the same thing Let's get, yes, we'll get back yes. to the original question. Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're obviously connected, right? Our jealousy, jealousy and insecurity the same thing. is insecurity. Insecurity is not necessarily jealousy. Right. Jealousy is one of the feelings that falls under the umbrella of That's insecurity. That's interesting because I'm saying insecurity is a shutdown thing, but we're saying jealousy is not. It's more of a high energy thing, and it is. So mm-hmm. how could jealousy be part of insecurity then? I think without insecurity, there's no jealousy. So maybe jealousy happens when a person is climbing the ladder yeah, from maybe. shutdown and they've climbed the ladder into that that mobilization state and that's what it looks like. They're still insecure, but they're not safe and social yet to be able to you know, calm that all down. Yeah. So then the jealousy comes out as an active, aggressive response. Yeah, and we, we have to stop thinking of things as like pure shutdown, pure sympathetic. Really, there's a lot of blending blending and mixing and up and down that goes on. And I think insecurity is a really big thing. I'm sure there's other feelings that we could identify as being associated to insecurity that aren't necessarily shut down. Yeah. You know, I think insecurity is a really big umbrella term for for so many other feelings as well. Announcements. The Irene Lyon interview is coming next week and the next year week as well. So that's two in a row. And new mugs are available in the Society6 store. There's a link down below. And man, they are awesome. If you guys haven't checked these out yet, you're wasting time, guys. They're really cool. We have a super fan story coming up next. 
Your two homework assignments before that are to give someone else some praise if you're more of the jealous type and also to give yourself some praise if you're more of the insecure type. I think that if you're more of the jealous type and you have some of that aggressive anger towards someone, that giving some kindness and praise might be a good idea. And if you're in the more of a shutdown place, giving yourself some kindness is a really good idea. This is a story from uh, one of your fellow superfans, Jewel. Dear Justin, I love your podcast and am very grateful for all the information you're offering on it. I'm greatly benefiting from it in regard to my own journey. I also wanted to share with you one incident where what I had learned was pure gold. About two weeks ago, I was waiting for the elevator in my house when I heard the cries for help of a child that was stuck in the elevator and also in a state of fear and helplessness. Because of what I had learned about safety cues, I knew exactly what to do, how to calm her even without being able to see her, stay with her, actively using my voice and also listening to how she moved from a panicky, high-pitched voice to calmly telling me about what had happened and what she needed in that situation. We had started to happily chat about our days when the technician came to open the doors. It was the most heartwarming sight when her brother took her so lovingly into his arms. I ran into her the other day and her whole face lit up when she saw me, smiling and beaming. I think that for both of us, a potentially horrible experience turned into something beautiful. I've always been good with children, but not so good with threatening situations. So having the tools of the polyvagal theory really made the difference between analyzing what was going on, merely cognitively, evaluating the danger, and staying in a calm place through it all, providing the help that was needed and not letting fear take over. Jewel. Merely listening to our humble podcast has turned her into a superhero. That's what happened. I whoa! I love that. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's exactly. That's exactly my that's interpretation. How I heard this. That's how I heard this. of this story. <laughs> my story is that she's a superhero now. That's pretty awesome. I'm picturing her in a cape doing this. That is really awesome. I mean, and we're being silly, but to that little girl stuck in that elevator, she she must have been like a superhero. Because that's so frightening to be a child. And I, you know, I don't know how old she is. I'm imagining seven or eight years old or something and stuck in an elevator. That's scary. So thank you, Jewel, for sending that in. And, and um, incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Polyvagal theory saves the day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We hope you've learned some new ways to connect with others or even with yourself. Thank you, everyone. Are we switching the next part yeah, too? Go, you go. We right. do this part for the poly, for the polyvagal super fans out there. We've got you covered. We have announcements, a homework assignment, and a very touching, very awesome story from one of your fellow super fans for you to. <laughs> it's a long sentence. Take two. Boop. After the <laughs> for the poly. Do you want me to do it? <laughs> no. For the polyvagal soup. Seriously, though. <laughs> it's like I haven't done this before.